This is HPR episode 2374 entitled, How to Make Sauerkraut, and is part of the series, Cooking. It is hosted by Tony Humaka Tony H1212, and is about 10 minutes long, and carries a clean flag. The summary is, this is a short show on making sauerkraut. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hello Hacker Public Radio listeners, this is Tony Hughes in Blackpool in the UK and this episode is uh, about how to make sauerkraut. First off, I have to admit to being a bit of a foodie and I love sauerkraut but getting naturally fermented sauerkraut here in the UK, in my experience, is almost impossible and if you can, it tends to be expensive. So I went and had a look on YouTube for instructions on how to do it and my first efforts worked quite well. I just made another batch and I took pictures as I was doing it. So this is uh, a how-to show on making sauerkraut. Just to say that this is about making basic sauerkraut, but you can add additional flavours with garlic, other veg and spices at, uh, at some point. Uh, I will try chilli, but this week I want uh, the clean taste of a basic sauerkraut, so that's what I made. I used a large white cabbage which uh, you need to strip off the outer leaves that are blemished or any dirty that can't be cleaned. Then quarter uh, the cabbage and cut out the hard core. Now before shredding it, weigh the cabbage. It's easier to do it at this stage when it's still in large lumps uh, rather than when it's shredded. Uh, as you need to work out how much salt you'll need to add for each kilo of cabbage uh, and other vegetables. Um, the recommendation is about 2% so for each uh, kilo you'll need about 20 grams of salt doesn't have to be a fancy salt but don't use one with any additives like anti-caking agents or anything like that just a pure salt, either a sea salt I use a rock salt which I then grind down in a pestle and mortar this cost me about £1.35 for 350 grams in my local supermarket so uh, after you've done that you can start thinking about shredding the cabbage you'll also need a little bit of salt as well for making a uh, a little bit of a top up brine again 2% solution of salt to liquid so for about 100 mils of liquid uh, of water you'll need uh, 2 grams of salt if you need a bit more then it's just you know if it's 200 mils you'd need uh, four grams of salt and this is to make sure that when you jar up the uh, sauerkraut you've got enough liquid to make sure that the uh, veg and 
cabbage is all covered by at least a centimetre of liquid. Okay, so shred the cabbage, put it into a bowl with salt, and now the fun bit starts. You need to get your hands in and start to crush and mash the uh, cabbage and the salt together uh, to start drawing out the moisture. Uh, it's going to take several minutes or longer depending on the quantity you've got, but you'll feel the texture starting to change quite soon after you've started doing this and you feel it starting getting wet in your hands and this is the moisture starting to be drawn out. Um, you can continue with this process until the cabbage seems to have shrunk by about half and there's juice in the bottom of the bowl. If you want to you can mash the cabbage for about five, five minutes or so then cover the, uh, pat it down and then cover the bowl with a bit of uh, food wrap or yeah, in the UK we call it cling film and leave it for up to an hour and this the salt in the in the liquid that's starting to come out and that's surrounding the cabbage will start naturally drawing out the moisture and it just saves some of the hard work but you test it when you've when you've left it for half an hour test it again and the cabbage needs to be fairly fairly pliable when you when you're crushing it and you can tell when it's at least half the volume it was prior to starting to crush it uh, and you'll have a decent amount of liquid at the bottom of the bowl um, now you need to jar it up at this stage uh, and like I say one of the things is you need to make sure that when you compress the cabbage in the jar that the there is enough liquid that it comes up to about a centimetre above the top of the uh, the veg and the cabbage. Um, if you're worried about sterilising the jars, uh, you can either give them a hot rinse, uh, a hot rinse in soapy water, and stick them in the oven for a, a little while, or you can use uh, a sterilising solution. I don't bother. I just use hot soapy water. Dry, um, rinse them out drain them to make sure that there's no water left in the in the jar give them a wipe on the outside obviously and then just use that uh, the salt solution itself actually kills any bad bacteria and encourages the good bacteria uh, in the cabbage and on surrounding the cabbage to start growing and fermenting the cabbage um, and listening to people on the internet that have done this there doesn't seem to be a problem with it Okay, so if you can get a big enough jar that it will all go in to the same jar, pack it down and like I say, uh, make sure that the juice is, is coming above the cabbage. You can use something to push it down. It, it, you, you'll see in the photos that I include in the show notes, I've used the lid of a, a smaller jar inside the jar and I've used that to push down the, the cabbage so it's submerged below the liquid. And I did have to top it up slightly with uh, some saline solution. And finally, you, do, you just need to seal it up with the with the lid off the jar. But when you when you put the lid on the jar, don't put it on so it's dead tight. Tighten it up and then just release it a fraction. You need to allow it not to be quite airtight because what's going to happen over the next week is that the if, if, if everything's okay, the natural bacteria that surrounds the veg will start to ferment 
the cabbage and the other whatever else you've added to it for flavour etc uh, and you'll get carbon dioxide coming off it's a bit like the making wine process um, and if you don't if you if you have a lid that's too tight then obviously the pressure in the jar is going to uh, build up and you can get the uh, jars breaking exploding uh, if you're going to be doing a lot of fermenting some people buy fermenting kits with the lids that have got one of these pressure uh, bubbles on them like they use in winemaking but again it's not strictly ne necessary and it's a, it's an added expense when you're trying to just make something that's nice to eat so as long as you're careful you keep an eye on it um, after two or three days um, well when, when you've finished it tuck the jar away in somewhere to store it preferably somewhere that's not too warm not too cold roughly room temperature but you know in a dark place you don't want it in somewhere that's uh, flooded in light I stick mine in the in my storage cupboard for all my jams and marmalades and stuff and uh, it's the storage cupboard under the stairs every couple of days just go and have a look at it if you can see that um, the saline started to uh, evaporate a bit you may want to get a little bit more brine and just top it up again so it comes above the sauerkraut after about a week uh, gradually you'll start to see bubbles appearing and that's the fermentation process going after about a week take the lid off have a ferret around and just give the sauerkraut a taste and you'll you'll taste that sourness uh, that the brine started to take on now some people like it uh, very sour other people like it mildly sour uh, so this is the time when you decide whether it's ready that you you're ready to eat it or not if you're not quite ready if it's not quite ready for your taste stick it back in you know make sure that there's enough brine over the top of it stick it back in the cupboard and leave it for another few days but once it's ready you you need to put it either in the bottom of the fridge or in a in a cold place but you know if you if you've got a cold garage or somewhere you keep things cool maybe even a cellar um, somewhere where the temperatures are around about four or five degrees so that stops the fermentation process and you can just keep it store it there and it'll last for ages uh, the only thing you've got to do now is start eating it. Uh, oh, and make your next batch ready for when it when it's all gone. Because you, once you get used to it, used to it, and you and you like the taste of homemade sauerkraut, you're gonna want more. Uh, I can guarantee. So, so uh, that's how you make homemade sauerkraut. Like I say in the show notes, I'll put some photos in that I uh, took as I was going through the process today. But that's it for today. I'll be back soon. Bye for now. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. 
If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.